It's episode 172 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guest is Seki Tuapa Suarez. Hello, thank you. Thank you for having me, Stu. Please tell me about something that you're up to improv-wise at the moment. God, what am I not up to? Um, so basically, improv took over big time with the pandemic with me. Although before, in the before times leading up to 2020, a good friend of mine, Jess Napfine Hodgkinson, and I started Close Up Improv over in Derbyshire. And I must say that that was born out of a sense of laziness in the winter time because we didn't want to be running for the trains, leaving Manchester to get back to Glossop uh, on a Friday night, for example. So we thought, we will build it, they will come. And it's been a few years now and they did come and there's a really lovely band of Glossop improv people there now. And we're also online, so we're really glad we built that. And then the rest it's just stuff I would do whenever I landed somewhere, and I would just start something improv related. Um, so let's 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 delve into gloss of improv a bit more. And so you're currently running online, um, an online thing every other Friday. Yeah. So we call Jess's in-person workshops uh, gloss of actual. So that's every single Friday. <laughs> Uh, when we're in season but online there is a group of us as well uh, we tend to be the ones that are not in gossip actual we are on the interwebs in the ethers and we are outside of the country we are all parts of the uk and in europe uh, and everywhere else really uh, morning in america very early morning in india so some of these friends uh, still show up so they still come to the Glossop Improv, the Zoom link's given to them, they still show up. And we keep it going because it's nice to have a, a space for that on a Friday night, just in case you're not out and about, you've got something to fall back on. And yeah, so yeah, it's still going. And if, if people want to come along, is it open to all? Yes, we, we, we keep it a safe space. So the Zoom link is given to people who ask for it. Uh, on in a direct message so we just like to make sure you know you're a real person and uh, we make it clear every time there's somebody new that uh, certain there's a certain code of conduct obviously that is just you know the bedrock is respect and dignity so we keep to that spirit and people thankfully have always felt that straight away when they come so we've been lucky in that sense and what sort of what sort of things do you do in the uh, in this session Oh, so Gossip Improv Online is mostly short form, snappy short form games. People laugh, people uh, try and explore their wordplay, their uh, their puns, uh, all kinds of games, really. Anything that comes to mind. Once in a while, let's say a Glossop Improv member has been to a chorus somewhere, they'll bring what they've learned and they, t they take it out for a spin with the community. And that's really cool because it, it, it makes everything accessible. Improv should be accessible. So uh, uh, we are very clear about like where we learned it, etc. And then we say, this is what we learned when we were in the course from so-and-so. And then everybody gets to see it. And then the, the people who, who whose ideas we learned from will be 
will be talked about and discussed in the community. And then it's kind of a signposting for our members to go, oh, you know what, I really like that one where it was about acting and improv. Where do I go for that? And they know that it's because somebody had gone to a course somewhere. Yeah, it works like that. And yeah, it's really great when, yeah, when somebody does go somewhere else and learn something new and then brings it back, attributes it. But when you're teaching it, when you're teaching it, you naturally put your own sort of emphasis and it kind of, it changes and it grows. And I find that that process really, uh, really interesting. Yeah. I mean, one of the earliest things that I remember doing that with in the uh, Gloss of Improv community was when you ran, you, you ran a class for Emma at Liverpool Comedy Improv. And there was a concept I found extremely helpful, which was the mirroring and complementary mirroring. So you had given these concepts in class and I thought that's amazing because if you know how to react to somebody, you're not peas in a pod, you're reacting, reacting. And that was a really good way that you expressed that. So I took that to Gossip Improv and and we, we, we did a lot of really cool activities based on that that concept. Thank you very much. Yeah, I find uh, mirroring is a really it's a really powerful tool for finding connection between people without using words. And so, yeah, sometimes you do absolute mirroring when you do exactly the same thing. But sometimes there's complementary mirroring where you're still being inspired by the other person, but you're doing something that complements that action rather than you know directly copying them. Yeah, I've I've, um, I've run that a lot. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a brilliant concept. So thank you for that. <laughs> thank you very much. Um, so do you have a uh, a favorite game um, that you use online that you can teach me and the listeners? So in any given course, uh, in any given workshop that I I've ever run, I I find myself inventing a gazillion. But it's usually a combination of set games already that everybody knows. So, for example, I'll take scene goalie. Can you explain yeah. what, what you mean by that to start with? Ooh, so scene goalie uh, shows you one person who is uh, one person who is just um, in the, there the whole time. And this person is going to react to anyone who enters the scene. They are the goalie, in fact. And there are many iterations of this game. It depends on what the teacher wants to teach. Uh, but it, uh, my favorite version that I do is character commitment. So I tell this goalie that the the commitment to their characteristic must stick must stay there no matter who they talk to, and the people coming in to be different characters, uh, they get to play around with voices, with age, with their feelings. They come in with a set feeling. They come in with big news, and this scene goalie character just stays in character the whole time. That's my favorite one. That sounds fantastic. It's really interesting because there's so much contradictory in advice in improv and one is be changed and the other one is, you know, don't drop your stuff. So it's really, you know, it's really interesting to kind of explore either of those extremes. That sounds a super fun game. Yeah, yeah, it, 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 it hits uh, quite a few nails on the head, basically. Uh, so I, I love how active it is and how immersive for everybody and very useful for the person who gets to be the goalie as well. If they're there to explore uh, what it means to enter a scene with an objective. And I think I'm starting to talk like an actor here because, yeah, if you know who you are 
what you're doing, what your motives are in this character's thinking, then everything follows. How you look at people will follow, how you stand, how you react to the weirdest news uh, will will be determined by this. And you say that you're sort of thinking about it in actually terms. Have you done act, acting acting training? Oh, gosh, yeah, that's how I that's how I encountered Emma Bird actually, because back in ooh, I want to say 2016, I started e- evening acting classes in Salford in Manchester, and one of the six week courses was Emma Bird, uh, and it was improv. So she was the teacher who came along and. The, the actors always look forward to, to her running a course. And I, I found out why, because it's improv. And that was my first time to see improv outside of what, what lines it anyway, when I was a child. So gosh, so I thought like, oh my gosh, what is this medium? This is amazing. Uh, and then, yeah, so I've always used it in, in whatever few gig, the, the gigs that I've got as an actor over the years. Um, improv has really helped me. Yes, it's interesting um, how actors respond to improv because some really like it, like you do, and then others are like, "But there's no script. There's, you know." And then, then they, or they might have had one bad experience of improv when they did it at acting school or something like that. Yeah, they, they panic. Some of them panic. Uh, I've seen some veterans on stage just just think of the idea like there's no script. How how am I supposed? To? No, not for me. Not my cup of tea. And and some just really embrace it. They 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 warm up with it. They they get into character with it when they're rehearsing. It's the first thing they do: character workshop style uh, exercises. And yeah, I'm 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 of the type that would that embraces it because it's a reality, isn't it? That you're going to forget your lines, especially on stage. Yes, um, and I've I've been doing an acting course at Reading Rep, which is local to me, and I did my first monologue and. As it happened, when I got to the class, I wasn't off book. We had some chance to prepare. And so by the time we did do the performance, I was off book. But also I had the confidence that if I didn't remember my line, I could improvise and I could make it up. And the chances are no one would notice anyway. Yeah. yeah. And with a, in a script where it's not a monologue, you take it a step further because let's say you're in a dialogue and there's a, a fellow actor who needs to hear that line from you that feeds them. So you're not... You're not ad-libbing the whole thing just because so, you get the, the paraphrased version out. No, you're actually, what's the word? You're you're segueing from your ad-libbing to that one line, buying yourself time to get that one line that will then feed your, your scene partner. Wow. Yes, I had not thought about that. But yes, yes, if they're waiting yeah. for particular words, you need to deliver those words. Otherwise, they don't know when to come in. Exactly. Especially if it's the entrance of a character. <laughs> <laughs> Or that everything rides on how they answer and the syntax of their answer relies on you delivering the right question. <laughs> um, yeah, let's let's talk about uh, Emma Burden, Liverpool Comedy Improv, because Ooh. in January you are... Yes, um, so I have the privilege of running a, a six-week beginner's improv comedy course for Emma. It starts on the 19th of January, so it's Friday evenings up in Liverpool at the, um, I'm, I'm going to say the Liverpool Arts Bar. Yep, that's the one. <laughs> and <laughs> for six weeks, it's going to be, it, it's, it's going to be a 
proper experience uh, for me, but I really look forward to it because there's something about meeting people who have only just considered it and are taking that first step and the, the joy, the joy of just being able to show them the first couple of steps is really, ooh, it feels really nice. Yes, it's the, it's the relief when they realize, oh, this is, this is going to be all right. Cause I think there's a real barrier to doing your first improv workshop. I know that I, when I first did it, I was, I was terrified and I thought, oh, I'm going to have to be entertaining as I walk in the room and I'm going to have to like be hilariously funny all the time. And actually it's not about that. Exactly. Um, that, that's the thing. It's all over the place. This misconception it's, I need to be funny, like you said. So the spirit behind this course will be to understand that you're there for fun, not funny. And you're there for collaboration and camaraderie. And literally one of the things I'm going to instruct everyone to do is be as boring as you can be and then show them how fun that can be in any improv scene. It's so, it's such a, that whole Keith Johnson, be more boring kind of thing is is so powerful and i was doing on this this reading rep acting course i was doing we did a week of improv and actually that's what they emphasized it's like you don't need to come in doing lots of you know great acting that's mm. actually can be quite off-putting for an audience if you just you know if you be natural and just be boring it's never boring yeah yeah because you can speak with more um the one of the best actors out there i noticed that they do very little with the rest of their face it's the well-timed way they their eyes go bigger maybe or the way the way they just um they look at the the scene partner at the exact same the, the time they need to for that reaction thing those are those are very underrated but they're they're what makes the scenes um really pop in my opinion yeah yes and if you're doing less then everything that you do gets more of a reaction whereas if you're doing lots to start with it's like the audience is going well there's there's so much here i don't quite know what to do with all this detail yeah yeah so january is going to be a really cool um this is going to be a really cool gig for me uh liverpool i've never taught in liverpool so i'm really looking forward to it and has emma has emma giving you a, um, a syllabus you have to follow or are you able to design your um, workshops yourself? She has very, very generously given sort of like a background of how she usually does it. But she's also said, do what you feel uh, really works to deliver the the objective of the course. And uh, she will she will trust it. So she's given like if she she asked me if I wanted ideas for certain games that deliver a certain concept. Uh, feel free to reach out and otherwise yeah everything's all about sort of you you see the you see the concept that needs to be reached and I will likely come up with all the activities that will just make that like a like a very basic concept be understood by everybody so that's that's what it, it'll be that sounds like it's going to be fantastic and um before that you're mm. in a in a show with the Oikers. Tell me about the Oikers, please. Oh yes, uh, you'll be seeing them then on the on the evening. The Oikers is my short form comedy troupe, which started online. We we didn't know each other in real life. Uh, we are made out of basically a lot of improvisers across the northwest, uh, in England and Wales. 
which includes Ian Luke Jones and uh, Jenna down south who currently lives in Devon. So it's it, it's a very we would never have met basically in real life had it not been for improv online. And the word oiker came from a typo. <laughs> yeah, um, Emma ran Zoom improv every day, and we had an intermediate short form course. And um, she was getting suggestions on the chat window, and she said, uh, "Could I have careers, please?" So rapid, rapid typing ensued, and one of the things was cherry picker, okay. I think, and and um, and there was a typo it was a weaker instead of a picker yeah or, a, or was it a fruit picker oh i'm terrible at these words yeah so it became an oiker so we we all became these fruity oikers uh it was the scene that happened after when she when she she went with it she said right uh, in this scene you are oikers and you had two oikers they went to oiker college they they loved oiking and everything everything happened after that so we thought oh i think we found our name as a class slash troop <laughs> fantastic and is it as presumably you, you rehearse online because everybody's all over the place yes so until the last of the lockdown stopped we were completely online uh, online yes on zoom and finally it worked out well because when we met in real life we got on anyway <laughs> so that was a relief <laughs> and yeah uh, the workers are amazing because uh, everyone's just so hyper thoughtful and naturally thoughtful and if that's the common thing that everybody if that's a common denominator a troop is really off to a good start so yeah that that's one lucky thing i've found with this troop it's really lovely that having met online that you get on well I, I would hope that you would get yeah I'd, I'd hope that if you got on well online you'd also get on well in person I don't know I don't I can't see there being a reason why you would like somebody over the computer but not in real life I don't know yeah you, you know you know it was all it's all unprecedented stuff isn't it um there are certain things like oh you could be good friends but you can't live under the same roof there'll be friends like that where they can't stand each other in close quarters and can't you know share a bill or share a fridge it, kind of like that but you know, how, what's it like 3d improvising with somebody and you can see their legs <laughs> <laughs> it was all good some of us are very tall some of us are very short but yeah but we still got on <laughs> <laughs> and if um if someone came to see the oikos perform Say, for example, at a Christmas improv palaver on Thursday, the 21st of December 2023, um, at the Liverpool Arts Bar. Uh, what could they expect from the Oikers? Excellently worded question there, Stu. They would see people who just love being in short, snappy scenes. We, we are in love with the craft. That is all we are. Our enthusiasm is what feeds our improv. We're not... We're not hung up on, uh, am I funny? Uh, did I, was I clever? And it wasn't, it's never about that. So uh, if you want to see how a group of people who are very normal in every way, shape, or form, normal people from different walks of life, how they can make improv a fun, very accessible, very doable craft, then check out the Oikers and understand that you could probably, if you find, similar-minded people start a troop of your own and just have fun and be creative and do you have a, a particular signature game that's kind of classic oikers 
I would say yes, although we've had to give it a break because it became too classic Oiker. We, we have a game called Themed Restaurant where two people meet at any given restaurant. You know, in improv uh, stew, there's got to be a waiter who crosses <laughs> the scene. That's, that's got to happen. So we decided that always happens. So let's have two people in a restaurant. But the restaurant's weird because it has a certain theme going through. Typical things things would be, oh, it's a it's a Jane Austen. Everything's Jane Austen in it, or everything's Shakespearean, or it's it's actually a genre. It's film noir, or oh, it's um it's horror. It's a whodunit, etc. So every every encounter that they have in the restaurant from the fellow guests who are crossing the scene as well, or the waiters, or anyone coming through is to do with that genre that sounds super fun i've not heard of that before that sounds great i think it was cobbled together by ian luke jones uh, we, we like to cobble a lot of known things together and mix and match it's amazing how you come up with something completely different but really not yeah 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 yeah. 100 percent. it's yeah just taking stuff that exists but giving it your own twist and because you you know it's hard improv has been going for a while now it's hard to come up with something that's hasn't been done in some form but yeah just just taking something giving it a bit of a twist like that that sounds fantastic yeah yeah it's like shakespeare shakespeare came up with all the plots he's covered everything so you just have to kind of make it your own uh yeah <laughs> that that's it's all been done before um, please tell me about Stand Tall Improv CIC. Ah, oh, my baby. Um, so when I when I moved to North Wales to start a life with Ian, um, I hit the I wanted to hit the ground running. So I did a couple of things. Some of them petered out, and the one thing that didn't was to start something that would use improvisational techniques to to do something that would build a community or uh, to help a community boost itself with the members empowering each other and i realized that that could really utilize improv in such a good way or rather improv could make that happen because of the fun element that improv just is so i happen to have a tefl certificate to teach english as a foreign language and last year there was an influx of ukrainians uh, who with visas who entered Flintshire County here in North Wales and uh, one thing led to another and I offered my services and I realized Stantol um, became one of the providers of ESOL classes for groups of Ukrainians across the county and it was such a success because um, I, I then signed up a very good friend of ours Steve Green who's a, a very very talented very creative very underrated improviser because he, he's he's here in this little corner of North Wales and more people need to get to his classes really. Steve Green and I worked together. Uh, so we delivered this kind of really cool ESOL technique where we use theater. Uh, yeah, role plays, people, it has a bad rap, role plays, uh, when people go to do job hunting or they go to coaching stuff. But we feel like we kind of turned it around because role play with with this class became so immersive. We got locals to volunteer and um, just speak the English that they grew up with and make real connections with uh, uh, with immigrants who are displaced and find themselves somewhere really far away very suddenly because of war. So uh, it became this amazing community of cultural exchange 
uh, and then it became a food exchange and it became it just grew and grew and our our rapport with them got so good just because of the connections we made and improv i feel like it was a really good way to do it because of the language barrier yeah i think um i think improv is so powerful when it comes to creating community and connection mm. and ultimately i think that's what i love about it the most in that it's the way that it brings people together and it brings people together and they may not you know they might not be the same age they might not have the same background but there's something about the connection that doing improv does that really yeah really builds communities i think it's amazing yeah definitely um there are certain words this there are certain words that you don't automatically uh, remember in your target language they could be words like emergency or or uh, fire extinguisher or uh, anaphylactic shock <laughs> like how are you going to remember these words um like knowing how to call 999 uh, fire service knowing knowing the context behind all of that um so if if you are a kinesthetic learner like a lot of people are if you see it being acted out you see a funny scene uh where people uh role play what to do in certain situations you remember it all that much better mm. yeah, yeah. yeah and kinesthetic means um learn learning by by doing yes yeah yeah uh so as immersively as possible you are in you are able to explore the concept um, you are performing, you are, if you are learning about cooking, you're actually cooking, things like that. Yeah. So how did you, how did you find people to come along to these sessions? Uh, well, the, the county supported us. So we worked with a local county council and there was an, there's an amazing church group of volunteers who heard through the vicar that this was going on three times a week at different venues in the county and they come along and then because the the volunteers they found like oh my gosh i i can be useful i can be useful there there's a war effort on in terms of you know like supporting people who have been displaced and they didn't know how to help a lot of them didn't so they showed up and it became this amazing it's like a it's like a party every time because they just have to speak all the kinds of english that you speak on the bus you know like people say hey up oh sop you're right so these are the kinds of words we want to warn <laughs> warn um newcomers about like oh, what does that mean yeah yeah you're right <laughs> and what does it mean when people say this oh that means they're from london this oh they're from they're from edinburgh and oh that's how you pronounce edinburgh it's not edinburgh so it's very very little things that uh, locals take for granted they're there and they realize i can help clarify these things i can I can be of use in this in this environment of um, an English English lesson. I'm, dear listener, I am making quotation marks with my fingers. <laughs> this English lesson that's actually one giant improv jam. <laughs> yes, because if you if you pitched it as an improv jam, that would that would terrify people. Whereas, yeah, just bringing people together like that, I think that's really powerful. I think it's interesting how. You had volunteers from a local church because I have I've been thinking about this and if people if you want to get people to come along to do improv, you probably want to find people who are already doing something because if they're you know they belong to a religious organization or something like that, they're already leaving the house and 
doing something with a community. So yeah. the step from that to improv is smaller than for people who are, you know, sat at home watching TV or something like that. Yeah, exactly. It's it's semantics, isn't it? They're, they won't show up for something called improv comedy because they think they have to be a comedian to be it or they have to be like, oh, a th- theatre darling to do it. But no, improv is the, the moment you have to explain why you're going to the doctors next week or explain why you're going away to Tenerife next month. Anything that requires you to put things together in your head is improv anyway. So, um as long as it's sort of um, presented a certain way, then people will show up, I guess. Yeah. So your advice for people that are interested in building communities, have you got? Oh, gosh, that's a really good question. Advice for people who want to build communities. Oh, get started. (laughs) Take that first step. Make friends. Trust people. Trust that trust that they they have it in them to also build things with you um encourage them because everybody has imposter syndrome uh what else if you build it they will come that is really true and you be prepared for what looks like setbacks but they're just another tiny teeny step forward you yourself inspired this too i remember you showed a photograph of an empty classroom <laughs> that really helped me you know because i was start i was trying to start a, a whole lot of things and you know when it feels like eh, nobody showed up or or you know the one person did and the thing is if nobody showed up but that photograph and the fact that they know that space is there, it doesn't mean no one wants to come. Maybe they had a flat tire, maybe it was a bad day for them, but they know you're there, which leads to my last advice. Um, if people know where you are, that is such a massive thing. If they know where you are and where you will be at a very set time, then you become a lovely thing in the background that is just that other option for people to reach out and have an option for creating meaningful connections with other people. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for for not waiting until you're ready, because if you wait until you're ready to do anything, you know, you're never going to be ready. Um, you never really are, really. You're, you're not 100% ready. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You're, you're entirely right. Yeah, you're, you're never 100% ready. Um, but also, yeah, as you say, that that idea of being at a certain place at a certain time and um consistency just being there because mm-hmm. yeah maybe someone didn't turn up that week but you know maybe next week they will and you know yeah you've got to keep going basically yeah yeah uh, that's it that's it that's my advice thanks for asking <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah i find i find it really interesting yeah tapping into existing groups so basically you're growing your community by linking it to another community because I've recently started um, drumming. I've started going to a drumming circle, um, uh, which has been super fun. And there's also improvisational aspects to that as well. It's all mm-hmm. about making offers with the drums and listening to what other people are doing and all that sort of stuff. But in talking about what I've been doing that week, I was talking about, oh, I've been running improv classes. And then we had three people from drumming come along to our improv class. And it's just, you yeah. know, I think it's when you've got people who are out there and looking for connection they're easier as i say to get them to come to improv than people who aren't looking for connection i think you hit the nail on the head with that word connection i think across 
what whatever classes or events people go to i think that's the one underlying thing that's that 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 people look for it's a a connection and all the better if it's a meaningful one so just just the idea that that can happen um those spaces need to be created because um loneliness is you know it's a it's a sinister it's a sinister thing out there um and in this day and age where you could the algorithms will choose for you what you're going to see if it's decided that you you made one fearful search somewhere they're going to show you all the fearful stuff so yeah this is one way to combat it isn't it just the idea that um meaningful connections are there you just have to look up and reach out take that first step and get there yeah i think there's been a decline in those kind of other spaces that aren't work and aren't home you know with the decline of you know churches and belief in religion and things like that people aren't finding community through religion anymore um even you know pubs and things like that you know are less frequented so i think improv is really powerful in that just this is this isn't work this isn't home this is another place where you can sort of connect with people yeah yeah and I think also there's something really fun about improv because you're interacting with usually you get to interact with everybody because sometimes I think if you go to other things it can be quite a barrier to maybe make conversation with people whereas with improv you're you're, you're having imaginary conversations but they are these conversations so I found that a really quick way to connect with people I I really yeah uh, everything you said times a million <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's the secret that's the secret to the universe <laughs> Um, so let's let's uh, let's cast our mind back to when you first discovered improv. Um, tell me about discovering improv. Tell me who or what inspired you. It was a balmy day in the Philippines, and it was around ooh, July nineteen ninety three. The last two details are probably give or take two years. I watched my first episode accidentally of Whose Line Is It Anyway. And I, I couldn't believe it was it was not scripted. And I tried to get my playmates at the time to play it with me, but they get bored with it because I didn't quite know how to engineer the, the it, scenes from a scenes from a hat maybe. But with all the masks, sometimes they would put them on, and I, like where was I going to get these hats and masks and things? So it felt like it was undoable. But if you fast forward to me uh, after twenty sixteen, I thought. No, no, no. We this can be done. And after I met Emma Bird, and she ran these classes, and she needed nothing but a group of enthusiastic people in a circle, uh, zip zapping, zopping. <laughs> uh, that there was no equipment needed, and I thought this can be done. So, uh, so how how you say you say your playmates? How old? Oh, were yeah. you? I was the oldest. Years old. <laughs> I was the oldest in a group of playmates, and I I knew that I I tend to go towards things like tabletop role playing games. So I, for example, I played uh, Dungeons and Dragons, Necromunda, War, uh, 40K, Warhammer 40k. So I played games like that. I really liked the idea of of role playing things like that. Uh, and so, who signs anyway? It was just short, snappy role playing. My playmates were, they ranged from nine to 10, and I was a very old 12-ish person. 12-ish, give or take, three or four years. <laughs> uh, 
uh, yeah, so I, I was a bit bossy as well because I was the oldest and at the time the tallest and oh how the tables have turned since but I was the tallest at the time so I got my way so I get them to play all sorts of improv short form that, that was my first experience basically I think it's really interesting the crossover between tabletop role-playing games and improv yeah if you created a character and this character is a grumpy wizard which I was a grumpy wizard that belonged to two different species I was gonna commit to that character even though even though I knew better as a person. <laughs> so the, I did, I, I killed my entire party once because um, she, in my head, this wizard had gone through hell and she was in, she was in, in possession of a, of a spell called cloud kill. <laughs> and she threw a hissy fit basically and cast the spell and everybody but the paladin survived. Wow. <laughs> okay. <laughs> character uh, commitment <laughs> yeah 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 you know you you, you had an idea and, and you stuck with it and uh i respect that <laughs> yeah. she had not earned a character arc redemption arc yet <laughs> <laughs> it's i think it's interesting um with tabletop role playing the way in which you play the same character usually each week mm -hmm. apart from if you've been murdered by you know uh one of your <laughs> other players and then you have the ability to kind of build up that world and I'd love to be able to kind of do that in improv, but you would kind of need the audience to come along every week or something. I don't know how it would work, but I'd love to do it. Of course, even. <laughs> I I think I've seen, oh gosh, there's this Fiona Howard who, who loves role-playing. Um, and Chris Mead ran a course on Doctor Who, mm. and it was amazing. It was amazing. It, it culminated in me getting to play the doctor in one of the final sessions. I loved it because my doctor was like a mix of the 10th and 11th with undertones of the 9th doctor. It was, it was amazing. It was just an amazing opportunity to play that kind of character. Um, and, and, and an improv, an improv class online. I would, I would love to, uh, I'd love to see your doctor. I think that would be, uh, that would be a wonderful thing. Yeah, they do all kinds. They do sci-fi stuff, and um, these these amazing teachers who who can turn a Zoom improv session into like a maze. It's amazing what what architecture they can build out of that to deliver something very creative like sci-fi. So I've, I've always been a big fan of, of of teachers who can who can deliver a course like that. I guess that's why with mine, it's always been just sort of basic stuff um in in person is really great because i invent move uh, I, I invent games on the fly that combine this and that because i know three people of my class need to see that combination whether if it's, it's a justification game or a scene painting game or uh, miming you can combine all kinds of games in one go just to do that i think it's really a testament to your teaching ability the the fact that you've got enough brain space to analyze who's in the room what they need and then come up with a game that meets those needs i think that's really powerful thank you i think it's what i have to offer in a nutshell i i can i see people and i see where they've from how they talk i i try to figure out where they've been where they're going and how 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 to connect that to, to improv language and so um, I like it when I realize, oh my gosh, this is what they love to do. And I'm going to put them in a scene. They're going to come away from that scene feeling like, oh my God, I can do improv. Because 
I will have harnessed their strength and showcase it for them in, in a game, if that makes sense. Yeah. I think that's the one thing I bring to the table if I do facilitate anything. That's really interesting. Yes, I haven't I hadn't thought about that because what I'm doing is I'm I'm skipping a step and in fact I will try not to in future. So what I'm doing is I'm going, okay, so you're good at this, this and this, but you're not so good at the other things. So what I will do is I will try and put them in situations where they practice the other things. But actually, and I think it's all that's valid, but actually giving them their moment to shine and actually be good at what they're good at, I should spend some time doing that. So thank you for that. What you've just described is just as important, though. There are obviously the, the if they're there to learn, and that's what you're there to deliver. Um, but yeah, it's for that 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 boost of confidence. Like I know confidence gets called, it gets said all the time now. Boost your confidence and all that. But th there's a reason, and they say it a lot because it is it is the ultimate brick, the bricks that make up uh, what an improviser feels comfortable doing, etc. So if um, if someone was to step on stage of you or enter a virtual Zoom room or similar, uh, what could they do to delight you? Oh, wow. Um, if I can read expressions on their face, uh, I find that those are very considerate offers and I thank them. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's so good. They're looking at me that way. I can do so much with that and vice versa. I love it when I lift an eyebrow and someone can go to town on that. Uh, so every single um, look, gesture, expression to me is a proper gift. Uh, so it doesn't take very much to delight me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they could be thinking they could be thinking about the, the curry they had an hour earlier and like they've given me a gift for the scene. <laughs> But I think that's great because if, especially if it's both ways, if you're, it's just, it's it's seeing that connection between two people on stage or on Zoom or something like that. And it's like, yeah, I know we're going to have a good scene. It doesn't really matter in a way what happens because we know that they're making offers, they're, they're accepting the offer and they're, they're responding to it. And that sort of connection is really beautiful. So yeah, yeah. it's a great thing to be delighted by. That's two C words, confidence connection i'm struggling for a third word so i'll say cthulhu <laughs> <laughs> i just i just remembered you have a cthulhu doll somewhere i do there. indeed yes <laughs> <laughs> um uh yeah I, I, yeah i mean that follows the rule of three because we established the pattern where we say confidence communication and then cthulhu uh, yeah breaks the pattern um do you have advice for people that want to get better at puns <laughs> Uh, stock Ian Luke Jones, the improviser slash voice over artist <laughs> slash teacher. Be, be Don't be afraid to suck because that's the whole idea. That's why they call them dad jokes. They're supposed to suck. They're supposed to make people groan in, in, in re everyday life. They're supposed to do that. Oh, stop. They're supposed to face palm. If, if that's happened, hey, you're, you're, you're on the right track. And on a more technical level, Give me any word, and if you think of phrases in your head that lead to that word, that's it, really. Um, and so it's a justification game, isn't it, on a very a metaphorical level? That's it. Um, I took so long to get to get going with puns. 
but I've the, the Oikus are very good at puns, so I've spent a long a long time just applauding them and then jumping in there with a really bad one. And then learning to deliver it with so much unapologetic cheer that it actually just one day it just works. That's it. I think I think you're right. It's 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 having that kind of Rolodex in your mind where you've got the word and just trying to find the kind of how it fits yeah and then and then committing to it because as long as the audience isn't worried about you it's going to be all right if it's a great pun brilliant if it's a terrible pun well that's that's still just such a you know people will you know appreciate it just as much um i did go through a phase where i looked up there's various pun websites where they will give you a topic and then you can like find pun related things based on that that word, but that was gosh, um, it, it didn't really help to be honest. But uh, I just thought, well, this is this is something that doesn't come naturally to me. Maybe I can learn to do it by uh, being really diligent. But um, did not help. Oh, I think there are some pun games I really struggle with, and there are some pun games I I just really take to. It depends on the setup. The pun game I really like, for example, is breakups, so that you break up with someone based on the pun, the the word, the prompt. So let's say the 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 word is coffee. So um, anything connected to coffee, and you're giving a reason why you're breaking up with them. I love that because then, you know. Um, uh, uh, it's not you, it's me. That's the usual start. It's not me. It, it's not you, it's me. Um, I have some pressing commitment issues. And that would be, oh, 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 groan, groan, groan. But yeah, you've done it. You've you've put press and coffee. It's together. not you, it's me. In this relationship, I feel like such a mug. Oh, boom, there you go. Yeah, it's not me, It's it's you. Stop filtering my newsfeed. <laughs> it's not me. It's you. You've become so bitter. It's not me. It's you. you you're always instant, instant, instant. That's it. You, yeah. you just need, you just need um, the fun game. Yes, it's not me. It's you. You're too expensive when we go to a shop. Yes. Yeah. And then you could really go all out, couldn't you? Uh, I've seen you do this. And you just, and then all, finally, in the middle of the game, you just go, it's not me, it's you. I need a single roast. And that will have absolutely nothing to do with the, the connection. <laughs> it's not there. But you're like, yeah, well, I've reached the level where, I, where I'm going to put my hands on my hips and say that's a pun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because if you, if you commit to it confidently enough, people go, oh, yeah, probably, probably is a pun. I need to think yeah. about that and work it out and it's like no these yeah. are different words <laughs> yeah and the audience at this point is like oh there's absolutely nothing, nothing to do with breaking up but she she's 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 having fun That's nice. <laughs> uh cool okay uh brilliant uh, big final last question yes what's your signature move what's the thing that you do that saves the day that brings the house down that has everyone going classic seki I think, I think, uh, off the top of my head, um, I'm a mix of physicality and um, character, right? So often, um, if 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 a plot has wound itself a bit too much, I will be the non-secretor. Oh, secretor! Oh. 
oh my god i'm patting myself on the back dear listener <laughs> i run on stage and i say something completely juxtaposing whatever and i'll say something like i'm so glad you're here and then it shakes it up creates a pause and then I've done something kind of, what is that? Like in, in pool, when you've, you've just hit the clump of balls together with a white ball, and then they all scatter, giving everyone a good chance to do something. Yes. Um, I like doing that in improv. Uh, just so, yeah, I feel like uh, there's an instinct to do that. And then it's not always the line, I'm so glad you're here, but I call it the, I'm so glad you're here moment. And then it gives everyone footholds and everything, uh, especially in long form. Uh, I, I love doing that. So I guess that's that's the one that I remembered first. So I'll go with that one. Fantastic! That sounds like that sounds like a great move. Um, in which case, I have only one last thing to say, and that's thank you for being a guest on the Improv London podcast. Oh, thank you! It's an absolute pleasure and honor. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I made this. That's improv! <laughs>